People Shant Radio. What's good? What's happening? Y'all know what it is, man. Make sure y'all boys go ahead and uh, keep supporting the movement on that YouTube channel. Rate, comment, subscribe. Hit that bell icon. Get notified when that latest ish is going to be dropping. We over there in the podcast section of iTunes. We there as well. iHeartRadio, we coming. No Chaser Radio, man. That's the movement. FEDDPC, that's the plug. And we're going to keep making this thing do what it do, man. Let me say this, man. It's Roy Mack right now on the solo tip. Shout out to Cash, man. Got caught up, couldn't make it today. But we're going to make it pop off. Let me talk about this first before I jump into anything, man. You know, this is People's Champ Radio. We talk about sports and hip-hop culture. Talk about some politics. And and one thing about me and Cash, when we developed this platform, we said, listen, man, this ain't going to be someplace. Listen, if you come in here to get Roy, Mac, and Cash's take on stuff that you've been hearing on ESPN and on Fox Sports all week, if you come in here to get our take on those stories that's been rehashed over and over again, I apologize, man. That's not what we do. If you come in here, man, to hear us um, argue back and forth over every single topic and just have this all-out knockdown, drag-out debate, I apologize. That's not our flow. If you come in here to People's Champ Radio and you're expecting to hear Roy Mack or Cash tiptoe around some controversies, not bring it to you rough, rugged, and raw, then once again, I apologize and I'm sorry because that's not the way we get down. Listen, I can speak for myself and I think I can speak for my brother Cash when I say this. Listen, man, I don't laugh unless I think it's funny and I don't dance unless I like the music. You understand that? So that leads me to this. This is going to be a story that I'm sure you're going to hear about this week involving Stan Van Gundy. Some recent comments about the one and done rule. Now, where I'm going with this, I don't have an issue with his comments. So I don't want to stick on that. I'm going to take it to somewhere else. And you might not hear this at all this week from anybody. But this is where I'm going with it. And that's why I say you come here, People's Chat Radio, where you're going to hear this truth first. And it may be where you hear the truth for the only time about, about different topics. You dig what I'm saying? So here we go. Stan Van was talking about the one and done rule. And he said that, uh, and I quote, I think a lot of it was racist. Well, no shit. <laughs> No shit. A lot of the stuff about the one and done rule was racist. No shit. So that's not the story to me. The story to me is when people um, and I'm not I'm going to pick on Stan Van because he made the comments. But this isn't a bash on Stan Van specifically. You dig. But here's where I'm going. A lot of people say stuff like what Stan Van said. Right. They make those type of comments. The shit that people in the black community have been saying forever. You dig. And somehow it becomes a talking point or it resonates more. One person that comes to mind or two people that come to mind staying in the NBA would be Steve Kerr and also Greg Popovich. Popovich jumped on some real fly shit about a week ago. He was dropping um, and people didn't like it. Right. Um, but he, I thought he was speaking a lot of truth to power when he was saying what he was saying. So let me say let, let me take this angle at it. Right. 
Here's what I need for people like Stan Van and other people who feel that way. Because black people can, can tell you, no shit, it's, it's racist. So I don't want to stick on the one and done rule. I want to take it deeper. I need for Stan Van and the like to also say and step up and say the same thing when they say, well, how about why, why is there so few black coaches in the NBA? NBA has more than a lot of other, other leagues, but why aren't there more black coaches, right? Stan Van essentially has failed everywhere he's gone. And he stays with the job or getting or, 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 or in a rumor for getting a job. Hell, his brother hasn't coached in over a decade. And every time there's a new job opening, you always hear about Jeff Van Gundy possibly going. Mark Jackson, on the other hand, apparently he's a pariah now in the NBA. I don't know what the hell's going on. Then they say, well, well, maybe those guys, you know, that are looking for jobs, they should stay and like learn and like, you know, OK, Patrick Ewan did that. Assistant on multiple teams, played second fiddle for a while, one of the 50 greatest players in history in the NBA, sat on the bench, did it the quote-unquote right way. Had to go back and take a job at his alma mater in college. So I need for those people to step up and say that. And here's why I'm saying that, right? Is because think about the Kaepernick protest. Me and Cash talked about this. Think about the Kaepernick protest. And yeah, it was with the black players that were protesting, would kneel with them, and some guys from other teams would kneel with them. But me and Cash said, you know what, what would have been powerful, Right? would have been those white players on the team had they taken a knee as well. That's what you didn't see in mass numbers across the NFL were white players taking knees. And the reason the Stan Van comments are, I don't know if they're important or not, but the reason that they are going to resonate all week is because he's a white guy. Let's just be real. Right? And I'm not saying he's the first page person that said this that's, that's non-black. Of course not, right? But it's going to resonate more now. Clearly, it's race motivated with the one and done rule. KD recently had some comments where he said that he would have come out of high school, uh, straight to the NBA out of high school if he was uh, able to. And that's why on People's Champ Radio, we often refer to one and done players as high school players. Because these are guys typically that if that bogus rule wasn't in place would have just went straight to the NBA. Listen, I, I've said it from the beginning. That type that, that rule is stupid. So I don't want to focus on that rule. I want to focus on the different layers of peeling back this onion of when people in what we call the dominant society, white society, say, and I call I don't say dominant society because, you know, you can't say that they call non-whites minorities, which means you're the major, uh, which means you're the majority, which means you're in a position of dominance right i'm not going to get into the racial aspect of it. i'm just going to keep it strictly with with definitions at this point you feel me so it's going to resonate but I, again i need him to stand up and i need for those white players to do the same thing with, with, with the Callan kaepernick movement if you because a lot of guys that came out and said they supported it but they didn't show that support like they really do you feel me and it would have been powerful had they done that type of thing but we don't see that so we'll you know and again, that's not to bag on Stan Van Gundy. It's really not. It's just to point out the truth. That Kaepernick thing could have been a lot more powerful if the white guys in that league take a knee. Or if those white guys in the league say, you know what, this is messed up. You didn't see that in, in, in any type of large numbers. So there you go with that. Let's keep it moving. Let's stay in the NBA. The NBA, I don't know if it's just me or not, but the NBA has come to overreaction league now. Every fucking thing is just being overreacted to by the players, 
by the media. Everything is overreacted to. Everything is over dissected. Cavs win a few games. They're back. They can beat the Warriors. Cavs lose a game. Uh oh. <laughs> it's like, goddamn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything. And I, I, and I get it, man. Listen, football season just ended in college and the NFL. Baseball hasn't started yet. Nobody gives a damn about the Winter Olympics. You got to have some stories to talk about. I get it, man. But damn, it's just an overreaction to everything right now. Anything anybody does is just, uh, uh, you know, it's just over the top, overblown. People are having some of the stupidest conversations about basketball right now. Listen, me and Cash made our picks at the beginning of the season based on what the information that we had at that point. We didn't know what injuries were going to happen. We were just based on all things being equal, what we thought at that point, right? I said that OKC should be in the Western Conference Finals. I still feel that way. I'm not overreacting to any of this stuff. Now, I didn't like the way that they played uh, getting to this point. I still don't like the way that they play a lot of times, but I still feel the same way I felt then. Now, if somebody presented me new information, right, if there was a blockbuster trade somewhere else, that would have changed my decision. But pretty much all things are still equal the way I see it in the West. And so I, I think they, should, they are good enough to play in the Western Conference Finals. What happens, though, is you get everybody that wants to give a hot take or you get these players that just, you know, they they're in this age of social media. And so everything just has to be immediate responses to stuff. You lose a game. You know, you God forbid you lose two games in a row because now it has to be a crisis. People are now overreacting, going crazy to the fact that the Warriors blew out the Thunder. Well, the Thunder blew out the Warriors twice this season. You know, it's, it's it's the flavor of the month, man. The NBA has to calm down with that right now. And you damn fans need to calm down as well. It's just everything is over the top. Every time anything happens, it's sky is falling time. Calm that shit down. It ain't that deep is what we say around here on People's Chant Radio, man. It ain't that deep. And it's really not. I love the interest of the NBA right now. A lot of eyes on uh, on the NBA. A lot of good stuff going on in the NBA. Love the young talent in the NBA. Hate the overreaction to every damn thing going on in the NBA. Let me give a shout out to Denver. Speaking of the NBA, I saw they had a, I guess kind of a retro night to the 2000s over in Denver. Allen Iverson was in the building. Shout out to the Nuggets, man. Playing good basketball right now. Bright future with those kids they have out there right now. Very bright future. Always been a tough place to play. Got to know the history of Denver. Horrible place to play if you're coming off, uh, if you're a road team, especially if you're on one of those long road trips. You got to go up to the Denver. Tough place to play, and they take advantage of it. That's the right thing to do. So shout out to them. Shout out to AI for being out there. Did his thing, man, when he was in Denver. A lot of people don't think that he played well. He played really well in Denver, man. Shout out to Iverson when he was out there with a very young, baby-faced Carmelo. It was funny because they looked like little brother, big brother, right? In reverse, Carmelo and, uh, and AI when he came out there. People really, really underplay the impact Allen Iverson had on culture. Fuck the game. Culture. Look at all those guys that are Carmelo, LeBron's age right now, that are now the elder statesmen of the NBA. Go look at those guys when they first came into the NBA. They were all directly influenced culturally by Allen Iverson. 
Now, all of them wanted to win like Kobe Bryant, but culturally, Kobe never moved culture. Iverson moved culture. Iverson moved culture. Go look at the tattoos. Not, I'm not just saying just tattoos in general, right? I'm being very specific. Go look at Tyson, Tyson Chandler's arm. He had the exact tattoo that Allen Iverson had, that only the strong survives tattoo. Think about what Allen Iverson did for the NBA, man. Not only in Philly, not only, you know, with some rule changes that he had to, you know, he, he took advantage of. People said he carried the ball. Not only with blurring the line between what's a point guard, what's a two guard, really he ushered in or really made famous that combo guard thing. But culturally, look what he did. He's single-handedly responsible for the dress code in the NBA. Single-handedly. Allen Iverson was the most loved and hated figure in pop culture for maybe a four or five-year span. He was a guy who young white America loved and old white America hated. Really old white America hated it because young white America hated it. They thought it as a direct threat. But we'll, you know, that's neither here nor there, right? But they hated what Allen Iverson represented. They hated it. Everything about it. He's a guy, and some of you aren't, aren't old enough to remember this, but Allen Iverson was on the, on the cover of games and on the cover of magazines, and they would try to airbrush his tattoos off. That's, I mean, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shoot. And now all that is very accepted, right? A lot of the things, see, people don't understand this, right? When you're the first through the door, you take all those damn arrows. You take all of them. So the things that guys are able to do now and people are culturally, um, it, it's more accepted now in, in popular, quote unquote, culture. That's because Allen Iverson took the arrows for that shit. That's real talk. The tattoos, the hair. The attitude, the clothes, the fucking swag. I, Allen Iverson took all those arrows, man. He did. He took all them damn arrows. And now all of these new guys can walk through that door. And even if people do look a certain way or people do look at you or maybe people have an opinion about you, it's not as it's not as much vitriol behind it as it used to. I mean, you got it. If you're not enough to remember, man, and for, and, and for my my guys who are a little bit more older heads and you remember that, listen, man. AI was catching that work from the media, man. They wasn't fucking with AI, but you just couldn't deny what he was doing on the basketball court. So shout out to him, man. And shout out to Denver for still honoring him, even though he didn't play there that long. He ended up being traded. I believe he got traded to, yeah, he got traded to Detroit for Chauncey Billups. But still, shout out to them and shout out to AI, man. One of the best to ever do it, man. This is People's Champ Radio, Roy Mack on the solo tip. Y'all know what it is, man. Every single Sunday afternoon, talking to, talking about sports, hip-hop culture, pop culture, politics, or politics, depending on how you want to talk about it, you dig? Shout out to the listeners out there, man, for y'all keep on supporting us, man. Did any of y'all watch the Olympics, this Winter Olympics bullshit? probably tell by the fact that I said this Winter Olympics bullshit that I didn't watch it. 
not my bag, not my thing, man. Based on what I'm hearing from from the viewership and 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 the ratings, it wasn't anybody's cup of tea. And it's weird um, when you start talking about the Olympics. That's why I start really busting down the lines on these motherfuckers and they fake patriotism. Because everybody's a patriot. Everybody loves to see America win. Why isn't the Olympics the most watched, viewed, and cheered on thing in sports? The only time that as a country in large numbers we get behind something in the Olympics is when we know we are dominant at it. Michael Phelps during his run. Team USA basketball, specifically that dream team era. Back in the day in track and field when um, before Jamaica started taking over things, we loved those Sprinters on the track and field team. Who's the young girl? I'm talking my man over here in the studio. He's looking the other way. Um, who's <laughs> the young girl? I think she thinks she goes to Stanford. I can't remember her name, but uh, one in the swimming event. She's dominant in that. We like the things that we are dominant at. If it's somebody that we're not really sure that they can win, but they're from the U.S., you don't see people rooting for them in mass numbers. And so I always call out your patriotism. Because don't you just want to see our flag up there? Don't you want to see our flag win? No? <laughs> what happened, man? I thought we loved freedom. I thought, <laughs> I thought we loved freedom, man. I thought we wanted our, you know, I thought this was a damn John Wayne movie, right? Even though the odds are stacked against us. We don't have anybody that can, that can compete in this, in this particular event, right? But somehow the American, hey, he can he can pull it out. Let's root for that guy. No, we don't really do that. <laughs> They'll turn it on when Lindsey Vaughn's on. She'll probably win. But if you're not dominant, we don't mess with you in the Olympics, man. Especially the Winter Olympics. Got to be dominant for the for the United States to get behind you. Which is funny because other countries don't view it that way. Other co- listen, watch those Olympic games. I know the winter's over right now, but watch the summer games when it comes out. Other countries. When they show the other countries in the stands, their guy could get third just for their guy or their woman to medal. They go crazy. People understand crying and people are hugging each other and the athlete is on the field and they are emotional because they got third, third bronze. Americans, you get third. Eh. <laughs> Keep training. That's America. That's our patriotism. It's dominate or nothing. Now, we love a good underdog story now because we won't watch you if we don't know who you are or if we think you're going to win. But we love a good underdog story. So if you come out of nowhere and win, oh, you might become America's darling now. Sickening to me, man. I like to see us just be patriots all the time. What happened to that? No? Okay. All right. All right. I don't know, man. It's just crazy to me, though. I watch the um, I try to pop in every now and again and just I was trying to catch a couple of things, man. And, you know, the coverage is kind of all over the place. A lot of people complain about the time, but it's the Olympics, man. You know what I mean? It's going to be in different places. 
But, you know, we are spoiled in our country and in, in, in America. And we want stuff to, you know, be right there when we, when we want to watch it at, at the times that we desire. Um, and let me say this, too. Social media has kind of messed up the, the Olympics because you remember back in the day. Again, this is to my older heads. You remember back in the day when even though something had already happened, they would still show it in prime time and no one would, would actually know the results yet. We know that it happened over there already, but we haven't seen it yet. So they would still show it in prime time. Well, now social media has killed that shit <laughs> because they could be planning on airing it later on today. But because of social media, not only do we know who won, but shit, you got highlights and you got clips of it already. You don't need to watch it now. So that's a challenge. But it's funny, man. It is. It's funny, man. Hey, happy belated birthday to Floyd Mayweather. While I'm talking about the Olympics, he once was an Olympian. I believe, matter of fact, I believe Floyd won the bronze, if I'm not mistaken, which is probably one of the reasons he was not America's darling. <laughs> he, I believe he won a bronze medal at the Olympics. And shout out to Floyd. Celebrated a birthday over the weekend, turned 41. Shout out to the money team. Shout out to Floyd. Y'all think Floyd's going to fight again, man? 41 years of age. 50 professional boxing fights. Nothing more to prove. 50 and 0. Been world champion. 20 years he was world champion. When we look back on Floyd in sports, it's one of the most remarkable runs that anybody's ever seen. And he's underappreciated, even though he's always in the media. Even though he's very visible, still one of the more under one of the most underappreciated athletes in history. We often talk about or they, they used to often talk about Tiger Woods, mental toughness and how when he was, you know, really, truly great, his mental toughness was what really was the edge for Tiger, how he would just come out there and just will himself to beat people or how he, he would come out there and just have that intimidating presence on that Sunday. And people talk about the mental aspect because people don't understand how as a great player, as a great performer, you can get mental fatigue. So when you mentally can stay strong and consistent like that, that's special. It is. And Tiger was special with it. Kobe was special with it. Mike was special with it. We criticize LeBron for not necessarily maintaining it. But Floyd, for 20 years as world champion, never lost his edge. Over a course of 20 years, he was not the hunter. He was the hunted in his respective divisions. I can make a case that over the last 10 years is really when he was the hunted. But, you know, I'm going to say 20 years. Anytime you're the world champion, there's people gunning for you in your, in your weight class. So for almost 20 years, he was... He was the person that people were looking to for that guy. So shout out to Floyd Mayweather, man. I hope personally, for my personal answer, I hope he doesn't fight again. I don't want to see him in the octagon in the UFC. I don't want to see him in the boxing ring. I want to see him continue to build his brand, continue to bring, build that, uh, that TMT brand, that Mayweather Promotions brand. He has a big fight coming up for Mayweather Promotions, Badu Jack. Moving up to light heavyweight, he's going to be challenging Adonis Stevenson. 
Should be a good fight. Shout out to Adonis. He was able to duck his way out of two fights that he probably would have lost. One with Andre Ward and one with Sergey Kovalev. He ducked and dodged them two fights, didn't he? <laughs> Shout out to Adonis, man. He wanted no parts of Kovalev and he wanted no parts of Andre Ward. For years, though, this wasn't like a thing like when, no, no, no. Kovalev been trying to fight that guy for the longest and he he went so far he moved entire companies <laughs> he went over to Showtime he's like fuck this <laughs> Donna Stevenson didn't want no parts of them uh of them problems but yeah man I want to see Floyd continue to build the brand continue to build that Mayweather Promotions brand and not really get involved in this other foolishness man Where's everybody hero Conor McGregor at? Talking to speaking of Floyd and fights. I thought Conor McGregor was a real badass. Because everybody told me that, hey, even, even after he, if, if he wins or loses against Floyd, he's going to jump right back in the octagon and start kicking ass. Well, where, where's all this ass kicking been at? What's going on? I called it at the time and I'll reiterate it now. He's just like every other Floyd Mayweather opponent. He just made more money. That's all. What you mean, Roy Mack? Go back and look at the history of Floyd Mayweather opponents as a whole. They make the largest payday of their lives, then they sit their ass down somewhere. If you're on the YouTube channel and you're listening to this, the picture that you're looking at is not a random of a random fat guy. That's Marco's Madonna, ladies and gentlemen. Seems like he's living good, eating good. <laughs> remember uh, Robert the Ghost Guerrero? Yeah, remember him? Him and his dad. His dad walked around looking like an old school cholo, right, with his outfits. Oh, yeah, he's retired now. He didn't need to keep uh, keep fighting no more. He fought a couple more times. But, you know, he made he made his bag. He, I'm good. I can go sit down now. Guys get those paydays, man. That's why I say Florida is underappreciated. You know how hard it is to get back in the ring again. And I know people are saying, oh, well, look how much money's on the line. And I'm with you. And I'm with you. Anybody can get in there for the money. But he's getting in there and performing at a peak optimal level Time after time after time for the money. No matter if he's in there with an Andre Berto, a Manny Pacquiao, a Sugar Shane Mosley, a Victor Ortiz, whoever you put him in there with, never lost focus, found a way to win. For me, that explains Floyd Mayweather. Somebody said, describe Floyd Mayweather in a sentence. Never lost focus, found a way to win. That's Floyd Mayweather. I don't get into that out of the ring foolishness. That, you know, because we all go through stuff. No one's, remember this, no one's immune to the trials and tribulations of life. That's real talk. None of us are immune to that. But I don't think he should fight again. 
But who am I to tell a man if somebody tells me he can make half a million? I'm sorry, half a million. Jesus. Half a billion. My apologies. If somebody tells you you can make half a billion. I'll sign up for that. Hell, I'll fight Floyd Mayweather for that. Half a billion. Fuck Floyd Mayweather. I'll fight Deontay Wilder. And. Adonis Stevenson or whoever else you want to throw in. I fight them all the same night. Hell, for, for half a billion and you just want me to get in there and fight somebody? Okay. What the hell's Anthony Joshua? I'll fight, An- <laughs> I'll fight Anthony Joshua for half a billion. So, I mean, one thing me and Cash were talking, I told Cash, I think if Floyd does fight, it's going to be because they're, dang- they're going to dangle so much money that he's going to have to make a move. There was a wrestler back in the day that went by the moniker, the million dollar man. He was Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. And his motto would be everybody has a price. <laughs> and that's real shit. Because <laughs> listen, 10 million probably won't get Floyd back in the ring, right? He's been making 30 million his last few fights leading up to the McGregor fight. And that's not all. And that's also not including the. Um, the Pacquiao. So the Pacquiao and McGregor fight were totally different things. I'm talking about just the fight like Andre Berto. He's making 30, 35 million plus some pay-per-view on the back end. So 10, 20, 30, 40 million that, you know, that's not going to get Floyd in the ring, really. But if you start talking three, four hundred million dollars, five hundred million dollars. That might be it. <laughs> that might be enough. <laughs> you feel me? So we'll see what happens with that, man. I don't know. I don't know. But once again, happy birthday to Floyd Mayweather, man. 41 years young. About to get ready to get up out of here, man. I ain't going to be in here too long on the solo. But I do want to talk about some football. Well, not some football. I want to talk about a football player or a former, well, former football player. Or you know what? Hang on. Let me auto-reverb, rewind all that shit. I want to talk about a, 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 a Heisman Trophy winner and a former football player, like I said. But before I do that, I want to talk about some baseball playing NFL quarterbacks. Let's do that. Who am I talking about? Well, one of them is America's favorite son, Timmy Tebow. Okay. Timmy Tebow, America's favorite son. Former NFL quarterback. Currently trying to make some rosters in Major League Baseball. And everybody's behind me. Everybody's supporting him. I guess he's an underdog. I don't know. It almost seems like people think it's his birthright to be a professional athlete. (laughs) You know, he does anything and they glorify it to the moon. Oh, did you see? He hit a home run. Oh, did you see? He had a base hit. Did you see? Okay. Meanwhile, the starting quarterback for the Seattle Super uh Seattle Supersonics for the Seattle Seahawks, Mr. Russell Wilson, was just traded. Not from the Seahawks. Still with the Seahawks. But he was traded from the Rangers to the New York Yankees. 
I'll say that again. <laughs> he was traded from the Rangers to the Yankees. If you don't know, he was actually drafted. I'm sorry, not draft. He was selected. Uh, they selected him in the Rule 5 draft in 2013. Um, I think that's right, but I know he was he was drafted. You know, they have these different little drafts they do in baseball. Anyway, he was actually drafted. Here's a my point is <laughs> right because I'm look my guy who's trying to give me information. He's looking at me like I'm saying the wrong shit. That's not even my point. When he was drafted, of how or how he was drafted. Here's my point. Here's a guy who actually appears to have some real major league baseball talent. Why don't we see the rooting section for Russell Wilson? I don't know about you, but I've often said this to Cash. I like to watch greatness. I like to see greatness. How great would it be to see an NFL quarterback play quarterback and then go and be able to play some baseball as well? That's true greatness. We saw that with the Deion Sanderses. We saw that with the Bo Jacksons. I like to see greatness. I like to live in the time of greatness. So I would think that people would really be pushing and, and rooting for Russell Wilson. Yankees look like a world, not look like, they are a World Series contender with that pickup, that, with some of those pickups that they just recently made. Just picked up Stanton. They already have Judge. Some huge bats in the lineup to go along with some other great offensive talent. But, you know, not a lot of fanfare. Nobody really cares. Fuck them. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But I just thought that was funny. But what I really want to talk about with this former Heisman Trophy winner, Mr. Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. He just throw, he just runs around and throws it on up there. Now, I know. He was everybody's favorite quarterback for a while. Well, he's back in the news because he wants to make a comeback to the NFL. Again, I, I, people always told me, you know, that it's not these guys' birthright to play professional sports. You, you remember those conversations that they were having? When I say they, I'm talking about the ESPNs of the world, the Fox Sports of the world. Remember those conversations those type of guys were having that when guys were trying to come back from certain things, how they would say, oh, well, it's not his birthright. Being a, being a, a, a professional football player, that's not your, you're not entitled. Okay, well, Johnny Manziel, somebody, he wants to play in the NFL. So fucking what? Because they told me, and this is what I always thought, that playing in the NFL, you needed talent to play in the NFL. Last time we saw him on the NFL field, he seemed like he didn't have the talent, ladies and gentlemen. And I know what they're going to try to pin it on. It's the off the field stuff that he had. Well, I'm sorry to break this news to everybody. But what I know of sports is that if you're off the field issues supersede your ability to play meaning your issues off the field meaning what you do on the field isn't good enough to justify us putting up with the bullshit off the field eh, we won't pick you up you know why i know that it's the argument they use against kaepernick 
people said, oh, well, you know, everything he has going on off the field, you know, we don't think he's, you know, he's really not good enough for us to pick him up to have to deal with all that extra stuff. Oh, okay. Well, Johnny Manziel's not very good, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't think he was good at College Station. <laughs> and now he wants to get back. Did, did y'all read some of this bull crap he put out? And I'm calling it, listen, I'm not making fun of addiction. If he, you know, if he had an addiction issue, hope he gets taken, hope he gets hit, hope he has that taken care of, and I hope he battled those demons. It is what it is, right, with addiction. But people deal with addiction every day. What I'm saying is now he's writing about, oh, my friends that I thought weren't were my friends really weren't my friends and this and that. And I'm breaking out a violin for him is what I'm doing. Here's a guy who grew up very privileged, if you don't know. Comes from a very affluent family in Texas. And see, sometimes. When you grew up like that and you happen to be a good athlete. Your sense of security is all fucked up. See, first of all, if you have money, you often have friends. They seem to go hand in hand. Because he talked a lot in this article that I saw about how he about how friends that he thought were friends did him wrong and did this to him and did that to him. I wonder what he did. You know why I say that? Because Johnny, Johnny strikes me as I don't know if I know nobody wants to admit this. I know I, I know everybody. I know none of the listeners of PCR have ever watched the show of the Kardashians. I know you haven't. I know y'all don't watch that shit. I know because nobody really wants to admit that, that they've ever seen any episodes. I know. So for those who've never watched the show, wink, wink. I know y'all ain't never seen it. You lying bastards. Uh, the oldest sister, Courtney, her. Let's call it what it is. Her baby dad, Scott Disick. I think he's Johnny Manziel. And here's what I mean. There's a very infamous episode in which he's really trying to highlight. I guess the show is trying to highlight. This is the height of his addiction and his battles with alcoholism. In which he goes to some goes up to somebody at a restaurant and literally shoves like a hundred dollar bill in their mouth. I think that's kind of Johnny Manziel's personality. And I know people might say, oh, well, he's like that, but that's only when he's on the alcohol. I, you know, okay. Now, listen, I'm, this is all speculation. I don't, I've never seen Johnny Manziel shove any money down anybody's throat. But I'm basing it on what I saw. Because you remember when Johnny was doing his little antics, the same antics that everybody hates when anybody else does them. But you remember he was doing a little money symbols and he was doing a little make it rain stuff and he... It, it was all cool. Everybody told me he's just a kid in college having fun. That's a direct quote from people at ESPN. He's just a kid in college having fun. That's what everybody told me. What happened to the fun? Oh, it wasn't fun anymore when he couldn't get his little shit off in the NFL. Oh, okay. <laughs> Y'all, these dudes are clowns, man. Y'all got to stop listening to these clowns, man. Because I get a lot of comments, and I'm sure Cash gets them too. We get a lot of feedback where people listen to these clowns and they want our opinions on them. Here's my opinion. Stop listening to them clowns all the time, man. I'm not saying to don't watch this show or don't watch that show. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're intelligent people, man. Be, be smart enough to trust your eyes sometimes. Trust what you see sometimes. You feel me? Yeah, you can listen. 
it's good to listen to other perspectives and hear other people's perspective. But don't necessarily just because you hear someone and they're on a television or they're on a uh, 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 on a media outlet or on one of these YouTube channels or anywhere. Just because they're there, man, that doesn't mean they know more than you. That doesn't mean that they saw something more in depth because I'll give you another secret. A lot of these motherfuckers don't have any sources. Journalism died in 2007. Facts. Journalism died in 2007. There are no more journalists. I'm sorry. I, I apologize if you're just now hearing this for the first time. There aren't any more journalists. And you know what? Let me rephrase that. There are some journalists, but all of them are super old. <laughs> all of them are real old. I don't know any new young journalists. I need for those gentlemen to really stand up and be accounted for. Journalism died in 2007. Why 2007? That's the year that Barack Obama started running for the presidency for the presidency of these United States of America. Need I say anything else? Journalism died in 2007. Okay. And so since journalism died in 2007, what you have is people just getting their shit off. Right. What you have is people simply getting their shit off. And most of it is talking points. And really, most of it is guys playing a role. They're playing a role trying to um, trying to galvanize people. Either you love it or you hate it. Either way, you're going to tune in to watch it. Right. These are your Will Canes of the world. These are your Skip Baylesses of the world. These are your Doug Gottliebs of the world. These are your Stephen A. Smiths of the world. These guys are playing roles. They don't listen. I always say they don't believe that shit that they have. The stuff they say they they don't believe it. And if they do, they should be taken off television because half that shit is retarded. Real talk. So, yeah, man, y'all y'all stop. Stop hitting me up with that type of stuff. Cause I'm just going to keep telling you all the same thing, man. Just stop. You know, hey, listen, if that's the way you feel, then don't rock with them. Because what we don't do over here at People's Champ Radio, we don't give it to you watered down, man. We just give it to you how it is. You know what I'm saying? We don't really break things down into the, in, in, into the simplest form. And that's by design. Listen, everything that we do on this platform is 100% by design. We don't do anything by chance. And I'm saying that because we we it's a it's a concerted effort from from us to make sure that we're not doing bullshit that people have been doing all week. You feel what I'm saying? So when you come over here, man, understand you're hearing a fresh perspective. You're in a perspective of some cats giving it to you from from just our perspective, our point of view. This is just our point of view. And we hope to bring it to you in an entertaining fashion. You feel what I'm saying? Keep rocking with us, man. I'm Roy Mack. This is People's Champ Radio. You know I got to do it again this week, man. Hit us up on the YouTube channel. Hit us up on iTunes. But before we go, you dig? But before we go, salute to the baddest man to ever touch a basketball. We're going to leave y'all one more week again, baby, with some more Kobe Bean Bryant. People's Champ, I holla. To block nine, black, I'm dipped in that. Uh -huh. The beast, my mash, jam you for the platinum you have. Run it, the illest, watch me become it. Uh -huh. I'm here, been took your bowling life, straight to the wig. Uh -huh. Speak truth like kids, tell you what you don't know. Uh -huh. Kobe, yeah, he's real 